We're here to look ahead to Monday's action in the NBA 12. Ridiculous games. We're going to be looking at streaming options, what's on my radar, all of that. And as Philomena Kunk once said, the monkeys that didn't turn into humans must have been absolutely gutted. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. All right, here we are, ready to crack on and look at these stupid, stupid 12-game day in the NBA. We're going to talk streaming a lot in this show, but honestly, you may not have that option. But it gives us an opportunity just to look at some trending players and things that we're paying attention to as well. So don't tune out. Just let this bullshit play in the background. Let's run through it because we are going to be talking about the 12 games from uh, from Monday. So We'll get stuck into that. Um, we'll, get, we'll get into it right now. Good idea. So we start this off. We just have a look at where we're at with some injuries across the NBA. And all this stuff, of course, is going to be fluid. Check out our um, Basketball Monster news page. And if you are a member, we've got our private um, Twitter account that you can get uh, access to where we tweet out the news as they happen. And as I'm going through this show, stuff is going to change as well. But at the moment, this is what we know or assume. Devin Vassell, despite being listed questionable for Sunday's game, was out Sunday and is expected to be out Monday after Pop told us that he was going to be out a while. So honestly, who knows? It's a groin strain. So I would guess three weeks, but a questionable tag, much like the Hornets did to us last season, just plays with your head. And we don't know, which is unfortunate. Jared Vanderbilt Bar is out once again for the Lakers. Uh, We're probably looking at a couple more weeks there for Vanderbilt. Cam Johnson and Nick Claxton remain out for Brooklyn. I would say Johnson's out for the rest of this week. And it it feels like Claxton's out for many, many weeks with this ankle injury, which I'm guessing now maybe end of the month. Not great. Not great for a bloke that played 77 games last season. Shout out to durability is not a thing that carries over every year as a general rule. So please don't use it in your decision-making process in fantasy. Please, 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 please. Anyway, I know people will disagree with me, but that is cool. Trey Lyles is out also. I think he played 78 games last season. Hasn't played a game this season with a calf injury. Caleb Martin also remains out for the Miami Heat with that uh, that knee problem. They've been starting Haywood Highsmith. Kevin Love, who was starting, which was stupid, he is out of the rotation now in Miami. So Haywood Highsmith is the starter there. And yeah, they continue to be a, uh, a team that is uh, having some struggles, the Miami Heat. There's more injuries for us to go through, so let's go through them now. Jamal Murray... I don't have an official word on Murray, but he left yesterday's game with a hamstring injury. It'd be pretty irresponsible, I would think, for a team as good as the Nuggets are for a bloke who hurt his hamstring on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, to play on Monday. So I'm listing him doubtful, but who knows? I'm listing him doubtful. Terrence Mann was doubtful, but literally just as I hit record, he has been ruled out. That is not a shock. We probably don't think that he plays this week, but 
They upgraded him to questionable and then to doubtful and then out for today. So, of course, Corey Kispert is questionable. That's not an official status. I don't believe that Kispert plays after he sprained his ankle. Markel Fultz and Gary Harris are both questionable in Orlando. I'd be staggered if Harris plays with a groin injury. Fultz, two games missed with his knee issue, knee swelling. I think he's on the board. I think that's a true questionable there. Jaden Ivey missed today's game with an illness for the Pistons. I'm just going to list him questionable for Monday. We don't know that one for sure. Obviously, with him out and Burks out and Morris out and Bogdanovich out, the value of Hayes and Sasa goes up. We saw, we'll talk about that in the Pistons recap show later on today. Um, Clay Thompson is questionable for the Warriors. This is the um, second game of a back-to-back for the Warriors. So we do need to be, be aware that he might. He's probably going to. He's probably going to sit one of them. I would guess he is officially still questionable for Sunday's action. So I'm listing him questionable for Monday as well. But if he plays Sunday, I'd be pretty surprised if he plays Monday. The Warriors also have another back-to-back coming towards the end of Week Three. Rui Hachimura with his concussion issue and Torian Prince with his knee issue. Now Prince has been removed from the injury report, so he is no longer questionable. Rui Hachimura is out with a concussion. Darren Fox. Missed the last two games with his ankle problem. He was questionable for Saturday, so we think there might be a chance that he plays Monday. And Derek White, who played all 82 games last season, missed a game uh, due to the birth of his child. We think that he'll return on Monday, but we don't know that um, at this point. So one's still up in the air. So still quite a few things that we, we don't have the answers for. And as we go through the show, if news drops as I'm recording it, I'll let you know. Shea Gildas-Alexander missed the Thunders game on Friday for the in-season tournament. They didn't play across the weekend. I expect that he plays on Monday. If he doesn't, red flag. Najee Marshall hasn't played this season for the Pelicans. His return will impact guys like Jordan Hawkins and Matty Ice in that bench rotation, but I don't know whether he plays. Uh, Jose Alvarado remains out, as does Trey Murphy. And Kenrich Williams from the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Oklahoma City Mudflap himself, he has not played this season either. He would come in and I would guess take minutes away from uh, Aaron Wiggins and maybe Pig Williams, although I think Pig Williams gets the majority of those minutes there. The Heat have got just a million guys here listing as uh, in. They, they make a real point of saying, hey, Bam Adebayo's playing. Cool, didn't think he wasn't. But they've only got Jimmy Butler, who's listed probable, whose knee I think is a real problem, honestly. We were a bit cautious about Butler in the offseason because, or in the preseason, because we were worried about age and the fact that he played so many games down the stretch last season, that that's an anomaly for Butler. And he started off the season playing horribly and missing games and listed with a knee problem every game. That is uh, not ideal. Um, they've also listed Lonnie Walker probable for um, Brooklyn for whatever reason, while Ben Simmons is off the injury report. No surprise there. He missed the last game um, because it was a back-to-back. No, uh, nothing nefarious there. Thankfully, today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. They've got killer last-minute deals. They've got all-in pricing. I'll talk about that in a sec. They've got the views from your seat, the best price guarantees. All of these things means that Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets to your favorite event. Let's go to what all-in pricing is because you go onto a, a ticket site and you're excited. All the families gathered around. Come over, kids. We're going to buy tickets to an event. So you'll come around and look at that. Look at this. There's tickets to a to a ball game tonight in our local area. So you go in there. You click the thing. $20 a ticket. That's an amazing price. Yes, it is, John. We're really excited to take you guys. And then you click it. Four tickets. And then they say, well, we've actually got a 10% processing fee or a 5% transaction fee. And then it hits $180 for four people. And you go, sorry, kids, 
Santa can't come anymore and bring you those tickets because this website lied to us. But that website's not game time because their all-in pricing shows you the price of the ticket right there. So when you click it and everyone's gathered around and high-fiving each other at how good the prices are, you're not going to get surprised later on. That's what Game Time brings. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Agree? Agree? No. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hopefully, little Johnny gets his tickets to the ball game. All right. So, what are we getting into now? Well, we are looking at the streams of the day. Let's see how this plays out. For a 10-team league, we use a 65% rostered cutoff, and the wave pool sits at 65% rostered, so he's in there. There are plenty of people who do not understand De'Anthony Melton as a fantasy player. I post clips and comments on it all the time. No, nah, mate, he's trash. I can useless. Get rid of him. Yeah, he's Okay, in a points league, not as much value. In a category league, okay, this is the common thing. Oh, look how badly he's shooting. Sure, he won't be a 27% shooter. Lock it in. He's never going to get usage with Ubre and Harris and Embiid and Maxi. Cool, not what Melton's game is. Doesn't need any of those things, right? Melton gets assists, he gets out of position blocks, he gets steals, and he will shoot better. Now, it's been a rough start, and some of his bad shooting has led to Nurse dropping his minutes down. I don't think that Pat Beverly and Furkan Korkmaz are going to be the guys that take the minutes off Melton as we move forward. So I am still in the Melton is a must-roster player um, camp for a while here. Points leagues, very different story. This is not the value of Melton. He's not a points league guy. So I'm just telling you now that if he's available in your 10, you add him, you stream him, but you also just hold him. So yeah. 12-team categories. Kobe White. I'm going to keep banging the Kobe White drum because a starting 30-plus minute point guard is an invaluable resource. It is not always going to work out. He still is shooting very poorly. He doesn't generate many peripheral stats at this point, but this Bulls team is so shit. It's so horrendous. Something is going to give at some point. And I do think that when they do, well, a little bit more goes to this guy as well. So not only is I do I think he's worth having for now and worth streaming in when he's available everywhere, I, I do think there's a little value in stashing him. But maybe I'm just blinded by my by my, I don't know, Bulls fandom, Kobe White fandom, which I'm very much not either of those things. I'm just looking at how I think it's going to play out. I've also got him as a 12-team point stream. For 14-team categories, Goga Badadze. You can put Mo Wagner in here as well. Goga started last game, probably starts this one. Will he get five blocks again? Probably not, but he can. He's a very good shot blocker. Wagner's in that mix as well. And then for 16-teamers, Joshie Richardson's available everywhere. He's playing 30 minutes a night. Yeah, there's going to be some middling performances, but when you're getting deep, that's what she said, there's so many, there's only so many guys that have a 30 minute a night role and Richo's one of them. So yeah, he should be rostered in those scenarios. So there's your streams of the day. Melton for 10, Kobe for 12, Cats and Points, Goga for 14, who's also a great 12 team guy. And Joshy Richardson in 16. So let's see now what is on my radar for this 12 game day in the NBA. The first game is the Wizards and the Sixers. Jordan Poole. Now, at this point, it looks like I was wrong on Poole. I had him as a top 50 guy, top 40, maybe. It's, let's even say top 35 player. I thought they would play him quite a lot of minutes and he would take a lot of shots. But A, they're not playing him minutes, which is crazy. B, Kyle Kuzma's taking more shots than him, which is also weird. 
Poole's helping me by getting some assists and being a good, good free throw shooter and getting way more steals than I expected. But I, I don't. for all the stupidness around Jordan Poole, surely he's not going to take this few shots or play this few minutes, is he? I don't know. But willing to accept that I just misread that situation completely. But let's keep watching it. For the Sixers, I do want to watch Kelly Oubre Jr., who's had a red-hot start to the season. Um, what is important to know about Oubre, let, let's talk positive first, is that he has changed his shot diet significantly. Last season, 27% of his shots were mid-rangers, including 5% as long twos. This season, he has taken one long two, one, and he's down from 27% to 14% on mid-range attempts. He's taking the same amount of threes, but he's getting to the rim and shooting at the rim more. 34% of shots versus 48 this year. So all that stuff is a positive, which has an ability to continue and help. The thing that I worry about with Ubre is that he's hitting 46% of his threes. And his last couple of seasons, 32, 34, 32, 35, 33, 33, 34, 30, 34. So eight years worth of evidence saying that he is a well below average three-point shooter versus five games of insane shooting would suggest to me that he is going to fall, fall on his ass hard and he doesn't bring anything else in other areas. But for now, it's rolling. Just be aware that what is happening is so wildly different from anything that Ubre has done. In last season, he was 24th percentile on effective field goal percentage. This season, he's 90th. He's only ever had one season in the top half of, a, of efficiency, effective field goal percentage. So yeah, probably going to regress. I like Denny Abdia as a stream for the Wizards. I wish they would just give him more minutes, but that whole team, disaster. And then Bob Covington got to 18 minutes last game. If he gets 25, he does become a 12-team league player. So they are moving him up, and we absolutely want to watch that. And then we see where Covington's value lies. The next game, the what's on our radar for the Mavericks and the Magic, this is a back-to-back for Dallas. I would think there is somewhat of a risk of... Um, oh, wow. Just News just broke. CJ McCollum diagnosed with a pneumothorax in his lung to undergo additional testing. Again, this is the second time this has happened to him. Jeez, a collapsed lung. Um, this happened to him in Portland. So this is just breaking now as I'm recording this. Um, that's a multi... What's a four to six weeker, I would guess. And that's the second time that has happened. Uh, yeesh, 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 yeesh. Uh, that's not good. Um, I'm just trying to process... I'm, I'm going to pause this and just try and process this in real time. All right, so yeah, back to... I'll get back to... I'm, I'm going to take that off the screen. So just quickly talking about CJ as it's happening right where we're doing this. I'm going to guess at this point, four to six weeks is my initial guess as it's just happened. It just took 30 seconds to think about this. Four to six weeks here for CJ, I'm guessing with this, they're going to test it more over the next 48 hours. There's no Jose Alvarado on this team. Um, we're getting a lot more Ingram and Zion at point guard, but it has to be Dyson Daniels time now. It has to be. He can pass, he can run an offense. Jordan Hawkins is also going to have to play a lot more because of his shooting. Daniels has been playing pretty well, but they're keeping him in like a 22-minute-a-night role. The other guy to watch for deeper leagues is going to have to be Kyra Lewis because these are the only point guards on this team. So I don't mind an ad of Daniels in a 12-team league. I don't mind an ad of Hawkins, although he can be quite up and down and empty with what he does. And Lewis becomes a 16-team guy. So just I'm going to talk about the Pelicans game later on, but this news is just happening now. I think Daniels is very interesting. Um, Lewis for deeper leagues and Hawkins becomes 12-team adjacent, but this will be a fluid situation that is developing. And also, of course, 
we hope that CJ is okay. Like that's two lung pneumothoraxes in three years, I think it is, is not great. He had that he had that first one, I believe it was just before he got traded to the Pelicans. So yeah, we um we do hope that that is all okay. Let's go back into our usual uh, programming situation. Dallas on a back-to-back. Kyrie, Luca, do they play? Uh, Kyrie is dealing with an injury on that on his foot at, at this point, and you know, we hope he's going to be solid. But we need to pay attention to that. For the Magic, we don't know about Fultz. We don't know about Harris. Anthony Black is going to have an opportunity, I would guess, because I would say the chances of both Fultz and Harris playing is low, meaning Black will be in the rotation, but he could be a 30-minute-a-night player. For streams, Derek Lively is still available in lots and lots of spots. I think he should be rostered everywhere, but we stream him in. We could be in a Josh Green scenario as well if Kyrie or Luca are out. And then Goga is the stream there for the Magic, but the Magic have got tons. It's Goga, there's there's Mo, Mo Wagner, there's Cole Anthony, there's Jalen Suggs, there's Anthony Black. Probably five stream options that are all viable across many different league sizes and are all available basically in, in a lot of 12s as well uh, on the Orlando Magic side of things. For the next game, we're looking at the Spurs and the Pacers. The Spurs are on a back-to-back. Does Victor play? I would guess so. At the moment, they're currently spanking the Raptors. So we'll see what happens there. They started Branham in place of Vassell, which was to be expected. Now, he's actually... Been okay. Well, he's been okay because he's fluked and hit every single shot. But he's someone to watch for the paces. I think Matherin might be a drop, but let's see how they distribute the minutes with him, Nempard, and Heald in this game. In terms of streams, Branham is on the stream list, and I think Jalen Smith. He's got to be worth a look because he's getting like 18, 19 minutes a night. He's shooting unbelievably well, which is going to come down. But he's at least in the mix to be a stream option for us. What's on my radar in the next game, which is the Warriors and the Pistons? This is a back-to-back for both of these teams. We saw that Jaden Ivey was out of the Pistons on Sunday with an illness. So I don't know if he's going to play. The Warriors, we worry about the back-to-back with Clay, with Steph, with Draymond, with Paul. Clay's probably the only one at the moment. I don't even know if he's playing Sunday yet. In terms of streams, Gary Payton would be an option. John Kaminga might be an option. Moses Moody might be an option, depending on who's in and out. And then for the Pistons, I've got Killian Hayes there, but I'm also going to throw Marcus Sasser into the mix because Sasser is really important at the moment. Now, there's a lot of people that will look at what Sasser is currently doing, even in this game that is going on at the moment where he's been on fire and expect that he is this long-term stash guy. It is very important to always look at context. There are Ivy's out, Burks is out, Morris is out, Bogdanovich is out. And I would suggest that all four of those are still going to get minutes, meaning that Sasser's path to 30 minutes a night is Probably pretty limited. Yeah, he might be able to take over from Hayes, but Hayes is still playing more than Sasser even in this game today. So we love that value of streaming in Sasser at the moment, and he's worth streaming for the moment while these guys are out. But how that runs long-term, where it's not like, oh my God, Sasser's pushing all these guys to the side, and he's going to be getting a path to 30 minutes. I think he's got more short-term value than Keontae George, but I think when we look at this in four weeks' time, George will be by far the better option. But sometimes we get blinded by, oh my God, Sasser just dropped 20 points and he shot 80%. Man, we must grab him. Whereas there are a couple of other things that can come in and easily push this aside. Hayes is also worth a stream. With all these guys out, he is going to get um, pretty strong minutes, I would, uh, I would guess. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. Score early this season, this NFL season, with Fangel, America's number one sportsbook. Because... 
you customers can get $150 in bonus bets if you have a winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets if your team wins. So just go in there, put your little $5 bet on a team that you think is going to win straight up. Don't worry about spreads. And then you get that bonus bets back. And you can use the bonus bets on spreads, on totals, player props, over-unders, futures, parlays, whatever it is you want. Because FanDuel's got it all covered. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, where are we now across in these games? What's on my radar? We're looking at the Clippers and the Knicks. Of course, this is the beginning of the James Harden-ish era. Do you say era or era? I don't even know what I say. Now that I've saying it out loud, I'm not really sure. But James Harden is going to make his Clippers debut. We still don't have Terrence Mann there. BJ Boston remains out. But this is going to be point one of our data points of Harden and what it impacts with Kawhi, what it impacts with Paul George, what it impacts with Westbrook. But often, the first game doesn't tell the whole story. It's like, oh, we've got to get Jimmy involved. We've got to make sure Russ doesn't feel sad. So other guys might take a step back and then it might not work. And then Russ needs to get benched for somebody else. And Kawhi needs to this shit, I'm taking the ball. Like, there's so many different things that can happen that the first game doesn't always tell the story of. For the Knicks, these are guys I want to watch, but I 100% don't want to watch this guy more than I don't want to watch anybody in the NBA, and it's Julius Randle. The pissing, the moaning, the sooking, the bad shots, the spin moves. Get your head out of your ass, my guy. The fact that this guy's been an all-NBA forward two out of the last three years is embarrassing to voters. It's embarrassing. This guy stinks. He's one of those plays, he's turning into a guy, and no offense, DeMar DeRozan seems like a great bloke, right? Love him as a bloke. But he's one of those guys where I go, I don't actually know that you can build anything more than a mid-team around him. And I, I think that's the Randall problem. Hit a shot, mate. That's what I want to watch. Take a shot that's good. Make him go in. Realize that you're actually not as good as these other players. Tibbs, I maybe want to watch you. How about you rein this bloke in and get him to actually play within the system? if you even have an offensive system? Or is the offensive system let Randall and Brunson just pound the ball until they take a shot? Who am I streaming in? I think that the big stiffy is still a stream option, Bones Highland, the five-minute man, because, yes, his long-term value is cooked, right? But I think they're still going to need something from him with Terrence Mann out. And there's not many other guys. Like Norman Powell, but he's still rostered in too many leagues. So Bones probably fits the bill. I don't love it for 12s. Josh the Hitman Hart will be someone that's interesting to watch. RJ Barrett is still dealing with an issue. He's questionable. So with Barrett, if Barrett's out, Hart will be more of a play. He's still an interesting stream in those other situations, but it really does depend on uh, Barrett being absent. What's on my radar for the Lakers and the Heat? Well, it is the crucifix Christian Wood because they're playing a lot more bigger lineups and he's also playing very well next to Anthony Davis. Again, there are a lot of guys out like Hachimura and Vanderbilt that might have an impact. And we'll see Torian Prince back in this game too. But what's, let's watch what Woody's able to do. Let's watch how the playing time looks. In terms of the heat, I, I, Jimmy Butler. Are, are you actually Jimmy Butler anymore? Or are you, uh, are you cooked in terms of your knee? I'm a little worried about that, but I want to see it. In terms of streaming, Woody's there and Richardson, who we've talked about already ad nauseum. Um, the next game. The Bucks and the Nets. I want to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo because Yanni has been better in terms of generating blocks this season. His free throws are worse than last season and his field goal percentage is still down. His assist rate is in the toilet. His usage is low. 
is something going to change here? Or is this what we're expecting from Yanni? Because he's taken big steps back. And it's great to see the defense return for him, but I want to see some other stuff. For the Nets, with still no Johnson or Claxton, Thomas is going to continue to play quite a bit. Cam Thomas has had some up and down performances over the last four to five days, a couple of bad shooting nights, but he's going to get to the line. He's going to take a lot of shots. He's very usually very empty across every other category. But at the moment, while the opportunity is there, lots of value. In terms of streams, Malik Beasley is available everywhere. I'm not sure that Beasley sticks in the starting lineup. I wouldn't be shocked if Jay Crowder takes over at some point. And then for the Nets, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's playing at center. I don't know if they ever go to Dayron Sharp, who's a really good deep league guy still. But Finney-Smith is a 12-team league player with this long-term absence for Johnson and for Claxo. What are we looking at next? Well, we are looking at the Kings and the Rockets. Keegan Murray, I would say, has been disappointing. And this is not just me. Noted Keegan Murray, King and Kings hater. This is Kings people saying I, he hasn't done what they wanted him to do. His defensive stats have taken a step up, but his efficiency is down. He's playing more minutes. But the hope from all the Kings guys who would shit on me for my Kings preseason projections was Keegan's going to take this big leap forward, mate. Second year guy, look at how he dominated summer league. And I'm like, okay, I just, I just, I just need to see it. I just need to see him take on this larger load against better opponents with better teammates. And so far, so far, he has failed. Let's hope that he improves. He's definitely not a fantasy drop. But I think there were some outsized expectations for Keegan. On the Rocket side of things, well, there's been outside expectations, outsized expectations for Jalen Green for a while. I would say that he has not looked very good. And I would say that he has been fifth best player on this team, maybe. Brooks, Van Vliet, Shingun, Smith, maybe? I don't know. Green's probably been better than Smith. He's around that mark. He's struggling. Nothing is really taking steps forward. And he is rapidly moving into 12-team category league drop territory. In terms of the streams, Malik Monk, and that value absolutely rises when or if Fox is out. Otherwise, he's still a stream. But I just don't want any part of the Duarte, Mitchell, Colby Jones, cheese legend, or even uh, Davion, did I say Davion? Oh, Kevin Herter. That group is just nonsense. Like, I don't want anything to do with them in 12s. Jay Sean Tate's an interesting stream, the wild thing, for Rockets, for the Rockets, but that's more of a deeper, deeper league one, like a 16-team scenario. They don't really have many 12-team stream options for the Houston Rockets. Did I hit the right button there? I think I did. Yep. Um, the Celtics and the Timberwolves is the next game that we're looking at here. Boston, we should get, we should get Derek White back, but we don't know. Um, but I want to see what his usage looks like, his assist rate, all that sort of stuff is important for his value moving forward. And for the Timberwolves, now you know that I've not, I'm not notorious because yeah, no one cares, but I don't love Jaden McDaniels' fantasy game because I don't think he's got enough to grab rebounds. He's a great defender who doesn't generate big defensive stats and the usage has no real room to grow. And he gets into a ton of foul trouble. We haven't seen big minutes from him yet. I am If I drafted him, I would still be holding him but I'm very skeptical of him being able to be a regular top 100, top 110 contributor. And he was drafted to be that. So let's see it. In terms of streams, Al Horford is obviously a a pretty good stream there. And then Kyle Anderson, who is, again, getting some good minutes. And if they're going to commit to giving Anderson minutes and read good minutes, it does become hard for McDaniels to push into big minutes too. So there is a little bit of a squish there in terms of playing time in Minnesota. Atlanta and OKC, we are watching Anyekara Kongwu, who is still available somehow in leagues. Please don't allow this to be the case in yours. Make sure he and Jalen Johnson are rostered. Now, last game of Kongwu was still good, but his minutes did fall off. And I think we're going to see that going back and forth. So let's just see how he gets used. And for the Thunder, I do want to watch the Bronco Jalen Williams because 
and this is again a very very strong example of this um and it doesn't always happen like these are not set rules right but as a general rule the data has shown over previous years that a second half of a rookie year's production is less predictive of their second year than the full season's numbers and we have seen that aggressively with Jalen Williams but way more aggressively with Walker Kessler this season is that Williams leading the league in steals and shooting 58% over the final two months or whatever it was? It hasn't translated. He has been very good, totally reasonable. But he has not taken, I don't think, a gigantic leap forward. I still think he's going to be good. And I still think he's valuable. But we want to see, can you actually bring it to this next level? For the stream, Sadiq Bay is available everywhere. He's not a sexy option. He's not a must-roster guy, but he's streamable. Lou Dort, it's just a roller coaster. Do you get Lou Dort that shoots 70 or Lou Dort that shoots 20? The minutes are solid, but the production is a little bit all over the place for... I can't even call him Midwest Dylan Brooks anymore because, A, they're both... Well, Houston's not really Midwest, is it? But Dylan Brooks is efficient now somehow. So maybe maybe should, maybe Lou Dort is just Lou Dort. What else is on my radar for the Jazz and the Bulls? Well, it's Walker Kessler. And it's looking more and more like Walker Kessler is going to be a sub-25-minute-and-I player. I don't know why you would prioritize John Collins. You're still getting your ass kicked. Like, John Collins is not leading to wins. He's not a part of the future. I don't even think he's been super impressive. I just don't understand this Walker Kessler thing whatsoever. But outside of one game, it's been what's happened every single game. It's worrying. Don't drop him, but it's worrying. Like, it is turning into a trend. And I think it will revert because, again, at some point, you just have to go, what are we doing with Horton Tucker and John Collins out here? We're getting our asses kicked. We're getting spanked. And we've got two younger guys who we probably should be getting more opportunities to. For the Bulls, I want to watch DeMar DeRozan. We are fully on washed, wash. Watched, washed, watch for DeRozan. He is not a droppable player. You know that I was down on him because he was going at like 29 in ESPN drafts and like 38 or something on Yahoo. And I wanted no piece of it, right? I saw the drop off at the end of last season and I thought this might be a trend given his age. And he just looks off. He's not a reliable free throw shooter anymore. His field goal efficiency is dropping. He's just not the same player. And when you watch the games... When you actually watch the games, you watch DeRozan and he just, you just go, ooh, ooh, I don't know about this. Ooh, I'm not sure. Like, it's just something not quite there. Now, that could be a short-term thing. It could be, who knows, right? Maybe he's not washed, washed, but I'm definitely on washed watch, which is a phrase I need to improve because it doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Because when you hit this age, 33, 34, shout out to Kyle Lowry, you just get kicked in the ass. It can happen. And we're not there with DeRozan, but hasn't been good. Who is streaming? It is Horton Tucker, my second most annoying player in the league to watch. They're going to roll him out as a starter. Is it 30? Is it 23? Does he shoot 30 or 23 from the field? Both are possible. And then for the Bulls, Kobe White's available. 30-minute point guards who I think will get more value if they trade Levine and DeRozan is something to watch. The Pelicans and the Nuggets. Well, we just got that news on CJ McCollum. Jordan Hawkins and Dyson Daniels become guys to watch, but I want to watch Hawkins. I want to see... A, the amount of shots they give him, the minutes they give him, but do something more apart from shooting. While for the Nuggets, I do want to watch Michael Ponder Jr. because apparently he had a grade three ankle sprain and he's still getting through that. His minutes are up. He's playing much better at the moment. It's been a roller coaster season, even in these two weeks for Porter. So let's see what he's able to do. In terms of streams, I don't think that 
I don't think Jamal Murray is going to play. So Reggie Jackson's a stream. I already had Dyson Daniels listed as a stream here anyway. And that value absolutely rises with CJ being out. So Daniels and Hawkins become very, very solid streams, I think, for the Pelicans in that game um, with CJ on the sideline. So let's look at some 10-team streamers, all rostered in 65% of leagues or below. D'Anthony Melton, Herb Jones at 61%. Yep. Kobe White, Josh the Hitman Hart at 47%, Malik Monk, 46 and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who I don't believe is a must-roster player. He's a steals specialist, but he is available, and you can stream him in for the games on Monday if you've got that roster spot available. In terms of 12-team options, these are all 45% rostered or below. Kobe White, Alex Caruso as a defensive specialist, Goga Badadze, Joshy Richardson, Cole Anthony, and Dorian Finney-Smith, who probably should be rostered everywhere anyway, and Badadze is a solid enough ad. And for deeper leagues, these are all 20% or below rostered numbers. Goga's up there. Josh Richardson's up there. Reggie Jackson's up there. Bones Highland is there. At only 8% rostered. Killian Hayes at 17. Malik Beasley at 9. Throw Marcus Sasser in that mix. Throw Dyson Daniels in that mix now as well, given that injury to um, CJ. And then lastly, we look at points league streamers. These are all 50% rostered or below. Kobe White at 36. Malik Monk. Cole Anthony. Goga Badadze. Josh the Hitman Hart. And Jalen Suggsy Suggs. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify. Why do I say it that way? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Comments, thumbs, bells, all of it. Drop it down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.